This is Celebration Church, but it's more than just a building or a church. We have a calling to be a place where people can find a relationship with God instead of religion. A place where freedom is found and acceptance given, and every person can discover their purpose and experience the kind of fulfillment only God can give. Together we will raise, lead, and empower a generation to change the world. Here, Jesus is famous, and all the glory goes to God. This is celebration. This is our family. Welcome home. Well, good morning. We'd like to welcome our campuses in both Appleton and Stevens Point and those of you who are joining us online as well. Would you stand with me as we recite the Apostles' Creed? This is our statement of faith and what we believe in as a church here at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Well, Pastor Mark and Deanna are out traveling again this weekend, of course, as they scurry through their very busy season of February with Laugh Your Way. We're just so grateful that they have the opportunity to impact so many couples around our country and church that you give them the space and the margin to do that. We do have a very, very special friend and guest here with us this Sunday, but Pastor Mark, of course, wanted to just send a quick hello, so we're going to turn it over to him real quick. Good morning, Celebration, and greetings from Orlando, Florida. Finally got a little break and came someplace warm for a little bit as we're running around during the month of February, just up to our eyeballs, speaking all over the place. Uh, next weekend, we'll be uh, back up in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Actually, we land in Alberta and drive three hours north from there, so it's gonna really be cold next weekend but we are busy running around and uh, having some great events, uh, touching people's lives and encouraging them and uh, kind of an outreach of Celebration Church as we touch uh, the lives of other people and encouraging them in their relationships during the month of February, the Love Month. Uh, we're excited about the uh, upcoming Ash Wednesday service, which is not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday. Uh, keep in mind uh, about that uh, and come out. It's going to be fun as it's the start of Lent. Now, most evangelical churches do not observe Lent at all, and they certainly don't observe Ash Wednesday. But Celebration Church is a little bit different, as you can tell. For those of you who are new, Celebration is a contemporary church, but with liturgical elements that we stick in here and there, uh, things that take us all the way back 2,000 years in Christian uh, worship. For example, things like the Lord's Prayer together, the Apostles' Creed, uh, communion every Sunday. So the one thing that we do that's also in the Christian calendar and we observe every year is Lent. And we kick off with Ash Wednesday. Now this is 
our most liturgical service of the year. And liturgical meaning very structured and with, you know, all the pomp and ceremony that goes uh, with it. If you're not into liturgical worship, you may not want to come. Someone asked me recently, why do we do that on Ash Wednesday? It seems like we keep getting more liturgical. Because our normal liturgical light that we do doesn't really fit for Ash Wednesday. It's a very liturgical service. That's what it's uh, all about and very structured, very old history with it. This is where we'll mark everybody with the sign of the cross on their foreheads. And Bishop Ed will be here. Another bishop or priest, I'm not sure what his status is, is going to be here as well. He's going to be doing the communion service part of it in Hebrew. So very old worship that's going to be very, very cool traditions that we'll be part of. So we are promoting it. <laughs> Take a look at this promotion. Get your ash in church. <laughs> it's a little irreverent, but we think it's hilarious. And it certainly talks the way we talk around here. And we're promoting this all over Facebook and stuff. We even have cards at your various campuses so you can hand out these cards to friends and say, here, you gotta come. Get your ash in church. They'll think it's hilarious. Unless they're really religious and they won't like it. And who cares? They won't come anyway. Uh, not our kind of people. So, uh, check that out. This morning, I have a special. Our special guest covering for me today is Pastor Steve Corona. You guys know Steve; he's been here several times. One of my best friends in the world. Uh, and don't worry, he is not the source of the coronavirus. But his name is Steve Corona. Anyway, give a big warm welcome to Pastor Steve Corona this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. They had to call it the coronavirus, uh, giving the already out of control Mark Gunger even more ammunition. Uh, it's so good to see everybody here. I do want to honor Pastor Mark and Deanna Gunger. They're two of mine and Connie's best friends, and we love them very much. And I'm really, really honored to be here. That Thank you for being here. I'm honored that that you're here as well. I want to say hello to the Appleton and Stevens Point campuses. Uh, it's good to have you guys here with us. Today, I want to talk with you about the topic, forgive and forget. Forgive and forget. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 is where we're going to start. Paul says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved this, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. It's important in our lives as believers that if we want to pursue our future and our future in God, there is one thing that we need to focus on. It is forgetting the past and pursuing the future. Notice I said one thing. That sounds like two things, doesn't it? I've always read that until recently that that was two things. Step one, forget the past. Step two, pursue the future. But Paul says, I must do this one thing. Forget the past and move on in my future. We can't forget the past 
And we can't move on toward the future as two separate elements of our lives. And we can't pursue the future that God has for us until we learn to forget the past. So today, this is what I want to talk with you about, is forgetting the past. Forgetting the hurts, the rejections, the failures of the past, all of this comes before pursuing the call of God for our future. How many of us are still being held up in our futures because the past haunts us? And today, my goal by the end of this message is for you to make a conscious decision. I'm going to forget the past. The Bible tells us to do that. I have a, a philosophy, a personal philosophy about the Bible, and that is that God is never going to instruct us to do something that's impossible. Oftentimes we read things and, well, I could never do that. Many of us have traumatic things, serious things that have happened in our past. And for me to even make a statement to you like, by the end of the message, I want you to make a conscious decision to forget the past. Many of you have made up your minds before you even hear, hear the whole message. That's impossible. I can't do that. But I believe that everything God instructs us to do, he provides a way. Let's talk about this for just a moment. I'm not going to spend much time on unforgiveness because even though that can be the issue, the real problem usually is that we have not developed the ability to forget. Oftentimes people will say, I just can't forgive. I just can't forgive that person. But usually the problem is not forgiving. Forgiving is an act of our will. Forgiving is something that we decide we're going to do. We're going to release that person. Unforgiveness, and I know you've been through a whole series on forgiveness and unforgiveness uh, that I, I could possibly rehash or even touch uh, all the great information you already have on that subject. But unforgiveness is an act of our will. It's something we decide to do. I'm going to release that person. And oftentimes when we release that person, we're releasing ourselves from the prison that unforgiveness creates. Forgiveness is a decision. Forgiveness is a choice. But forgetting is a skill. The real problem so often is not that we refuse to forgive. It's that once we forgive, we still remember it and we think we haven't forgiven. But we need to forget those things that are past in order to move on in our future. Remember this, never try to forget what was done to you. Never forget, never try to forget something that's in your past without developing the art of the people forgetting the people who did it. 90% of the things in your past that need to be forgotten are tied to a person. These people include those people who have wronged you, people that you have wronged, but they refuse to forgive you, people who have been influential in your bad decisions, 
people who have abandoned you, especially in a situation where you needed them and they turned their back on you. And if you want to be victorious in God's plan for your life, you have to be able to forget the past. And 90% of the things in our past that need to be forgotten are tied to a person and the memory of that person. And so we have to learn to forget them and move on. Y'all okay? Very quiet in here. <laughs> so how do I do that? How do, how do I forget not only a situation in my past, but how do I forget the person in my past that caused me so much rejection or pain, difficulty, that's still carried over into my life today? Well, Jesus is our example. Jesus has disciples, most scholars believe that at this period of Jesus' ministry, I'm getting ready to read to you out of John chapter 6, verse 64, Jesus has 72 disciples, 12 of them, these disciples, he has appointed as apostles in his ministry. And Jesus says this to them, some of you do not believe me, for Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. So then he said, that's why I say, that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, many of his disciples turned from him and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and said, are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, where else would we go? Now that's comforting, isn't it, to know that the guys that you're counting on, the reason they're with you is because they have no place else to go. Peter says, Lord, where else would we go? Only you have the words to give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. So before we talk about how Jesus did this, how Jesus forgot those who abandoned him, let's talk about what Jesus did not do. First of all, Jesus did not talk about them anymore to his disciples or to anyone else. You can search the Gospels, and once these 60 disciples, most scholars believe that out of the 72, he was left with the 12, and the 60 left. He lost over 80% of his disciples. And if you search the Scriptures, you find, you never find any place where Jesus ever refers to them again. Not to his disciples, not to anyone else. He didn't keep them alive in his conversations and he didn't post about them on social media. He didn't allow their absence to affect the mission and use them as an excuse for not being able to accomplish the mission. And it didn't alter his mission in any way. What Jesus did do is move ahead with the calling on his life. Jesus knew the principle of Philippians chapter 3 verse 2, verse 12 that we began this message with because Jesus through the Holy Spirit wrote the scriptures. So Jesus knew the one the principle of the one thing, forgetting the things that are past and pressing on toward the future. And so Jesus moved ahead with the calling in his life and he worked with the disciples that he had. He didn't make the people who were committed to him feel inferior by mourning the loss of those who had abandoned him. Sometimes there are great people in our lives that could really be a source of encouragement. 
But when we're constantly negative around them and constantly talking about the people who hurt us, the people who left us, the people who abandoned us, the people who have caused us so much difficulty, then it doesn't celebrate the great people who are in our lives. Sometimes people find themselves alone and abandoned even by people who could be an encouragement to them, but we've run them off by our negativity by talking about the people who have hurt us all the time. Wow, it's quiet in here. So I want to talk with you about how to become a great forgetter. Forgiveness is an act of your will, but forgetting takes skill. You have to develop the ability to forget. How do we do that? Step one, stop talking about it and about them. Now, maybe you need to see a counselor. Maybe what, what you're dealing with, what, you've, what you're going through, what has happened to you is so serious that you do need to verbalize. You do need to talk with someone about it. You need to see a counselor, a professional counselor, someone who can give you the right perspective and steer you in the right direction. But don't allow it to consume all of your conversations and all of the time that you spend with friends and people that could be an encouragement to you. Stop talking about it. Keep this out of your conversations and out of your social media posts. Jesus did. Secondly, toss the reminders. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we can prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. The goal in managing your mind, here Paul is telling us, we need to manage our minds. And the goal in managing your mind is not to make everybody else happy, but it's to prove the acceptable will of God in your own life. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. We need to manage our mind, our will, our emotions. We're the manager of our own internal life. And there's no guilt for managing your environment so you can focus on things that are pure, lovely, and admirable. We need to pay attention to our own mental, emotional, our own soul health. And we're not put on earth to be sure we don't upset people who don't like us in the first place. But so often, we're afraid of offending someone when in reality that someone doesn't care for us in the first place. And so, step two is toss the reminders. And as I mentioned, forgetting is a skill. And I have developed this skill myself. It's amazing the people that I can't remember. <laughs> On purpose, I can't remember them. I can't remember who they are. My wife is fascinated. We can go, we can be in the grocery store. Now, it's not like I see them and I'm just completely blank like they're a stranger. I see somebody and I, I know that person. I can't remember their name. Walk up to, hey, 
They walk up to me, hey, it's good to see you, hey. With small talk, we leave, and I'll turn to Connie and say, so who was that? And Connie says, seriously? After what they did to you, you can't remember who that is? No, because I forget them on purpose. And that's not because I'm trying to be mean, ugly, unforgiving. It's that I'm trying to move on. And I can't move on, we can't move on, you can't move on until we develop the ability to forget. So I toss the reminders, I toss the books. If I see anything in my world, in my environment that reminds me of them, I toss it. Books, cards. I unfriend, get this, I unfriend people on social media. I'm not, listen, I'm not mad at them. I'm not unforgiving. I'm not, I'm not upset with them. I'm moving on. And so every time I see their name, every time I see their post, it reminds me of what they did. But I'm developing the skill of forgetting. So I don't want to see their name. I don't want to see them. One time, I threw away a whole set of dishes that someone had given to us and then they did something really seriously to try to hurt us. I didn't want to remember that anymore. I tossed the whole set. Now, for some of you, this is really extreme. But let me ask you a question. I've developed the ability to forget. Have you? Because until you do, you can't move on with the plan of God for your life. The devil will be sure that those reminders are everywhere you look and drag you back continually. But there's one thing we need to do. We need to forget those things that are past and press on toward our future. I'm pressing on toward my future. How about you? How to become a great forgetter. First of all, stop talking about it and them. Second of all, toss the reminders. And thirdly, stop allowing the wrong people of the past access into your life. Isn't it amazing? The people who no longer want to be involved in your life, who still want to be involved in your life. I find that really amazing that people who have, who have abandoned me and no longer want to be in my life somehow want to continue to, <laughs> yes. You don't have to be mean, nasty, or unforgiving in managing your life, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with denying people access to your life, to your social media, to your phone number, simply because you want to focus on the future and not on them. And until we develop this skill, the devil is always going to drag us to our past. See, the devil knows that if he can keep us focused on our past, we'll never be able to focus on our future. Remember, forgiving and forgetting are not the same thing. Forgiveness is a choice. Forgetting is a skill. And once you do this, once you develop this skill, then you don't act weird when you see people. Because you don't really remember who they are anyway. And some of you are looking at me like, that really is impossible. No, it's not. 
Because God told us, forget the things that are past. If we're going to forget the things that are past, we've got to forget the people that are in our past in order to move on. And it really is possible. It's a skill we have to develop. It's not just thing, something that happens to us because we heard a message about it. It's a skill we have to work on and develop. Now, I can hear the question in your brain that is coming up to the platform. What about people that you must see and you must interact with on a regular, maybe even a daily basis? What about these people that have hurt me, rejected me, but I can't forget them because I see them. I work with them. They're in my family. How do I deal with that? People that have wronged you. The people that have, you have wronged but will not forgive you. Those who have been influential in your bad decisions and are still in your world. You can't exactly forget them. Well, let's go back to Jesus, who is our example, and how Jesus dealt with the same issue. John chapter 6, Jesus says to his disciples, I chose the 12 of you, but one of you is a devil. He was speaking of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon Iscariot, one of the 12 who would later betray, betray him. So even though Jesus knew about Judas and what he was doing, Judas was still there in his life. So let's go back and look at Philippians 3 for a second. It says, forgetting those things that are past and pressing on toward the future. If someone is in your present they're not yet in your past. Judas was not yet in Jesus' past. He was in Jesus' present. Jesus dealt with that same issue. Dismiss people from your life as you need to and be courageous about it. But when you can't, realize that they are still a part of the plan. How many of you remember Romans 8? 28. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God and for those who are called according to his purpose. And so there are people in our lives that we don't like, people in our lives that maybe on purpose are trying to hurt us, but if they're not in our past, there's a reason and they're still a part of the plan. We need to embrace the plan. We don't embrace the person who's trying to hurt us, but we have to embrace the plan. The former spouse, you have joint custody with your kids and so you're going to see them every week and they tried so hard to hurt you. But you can't just forget them, realize that at this season of your life, at this stage of your life, they're still a part of the plan of what God's trying to do in your life, in your kid's life. Maybe you have a boss that for now, they're still in your life, a coworker. For now, they're still in your life. A neighbor, for now, they're still in your life. The scripture says that we're able to forget those things that are in our past, but some of the tough situations we're dealing with now are still a part of our present. So how did Jesus deal with this situation with Judas, who was there as a part of the 12 apostles, those chosen 12, and Jesus knew that Judas was a thief, that he was stealing from the ministry. Jesus knew what Judas not only was capable of, but what Judas was going to ultimately do. So how did Jesus deal with that situation? 
Number one, he didn't gossip about Judas to the other disciples. At the Last Supper, when Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me, the other 11 disciples didn't look down the table at Judas and say, yeah, we know about this guy. Because Jesus had never told them. Because Jesus didn't gossip about Judas. They're all asking, is it me? Is it me? It could be me. Is it me? So in our situation, stay focused on the mission. And if you don't gossip, gossip keeps us captive to the situations that we're in. But if we will focus on the mission of our life, the future of our life, and not gossip, the situation will work itself out. Jesus stayed focused on the mission. Where is your life headed? Keep focused there. Jesus kept those around him focused on the mission, not on Judas. Keep everybody around you focused on the high calling of God in Christ, not on the person with the problem. I know I've talked a lot in this message about talking about people who hurt us and people who have hurt us in the past. And right now we're even talking about people who might still be in our present. But you know, talking keeps the hurt alive. It keeps not only us focused on it, but the people around us focused on it. So, uh, so here's a word from the Lord for everybody. Stop talking about it. Everybody say stop. stop. Talking about it. Look at your neighbor. Appleton, Stevens Point, you guys too. Look at your neighbor and shake your head like this. And say, stop talking about it. Do you know that after the plan was fulfilled, the situation with Judas took care of itself? You realize Jesus didn't do anything? Jesus didn't do anything to Judas. The situation took care of itself. And if you'll stay focused on the mission of your life, if you'll stay focused on God's plan for your family, God's plan for your career, God's plan for your business, and stop focusing and talking about and keeping alive the things of the past, you'll be able to forget them and they'll take care of themselves. When the plan is fulfilled, your season will change. When the plan is fulfilled, your season will change. Until then, put all of your confidence in God and his plan. Would you stand with me, please? Would you stand with me, please? Stephen Point, Appleton Campus, stand with me, please. I just want to pray over you. Heavenly Father, thank you for the plan and the purpose that you have for our lives. Thank you for what you're doing Thank you for our families. Thank you for our businesses. Thank you for our ministries. Thank you for our future. And we commit ourselves this morning, this one thing that we do, we're going to develop the skill of forgetting the past so that we can focus on the future that you have for us. And we're going to be courageous and we're going to be systematic and we're going to be focused on forgetting that past and focusing on your future in our lives. Thank you, God, that even though there are people that sometimes intend to hurt us and have hurt us in the past, we'll never forget that you never miss an opportunity to bless us, even in the presence of our enemies. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Thank you, everyone. Let's welcome our campus pastor, Becky Shama. Thank you, Becky.